0: Hi everyone, this is Connor Gilsonen and you're listening to the All Things Auth podcast. On this show, I talk to creators, researchers, founders, and advocates who are moving the ball forward on usable security and privacy. We discuss how they got to where they are today and what they're currently working on. Who are they trying to help and what keeps them motivated to overcome challenges along the way? The goal, as always, is for the rest of us to learn from their experiences and go on to promote usable security and privacy within our own projects and organizations. Joining me today is Michal Spachek, creator of the Password Storage Project, which assigns letter grades to websites for their password storage practices. In addition to helping companies understand what those best practices are, the Password Storage Project aims to promote companies who are already doing this well. Michal, welcome to the show, and thanks for taking the time to come on as a guest. Oh, hey, uh, thanks for inviting me, and this will be fun. (laughs) Absolutely. So to set the stage for all of our listeners, I wanted to start with some of the origin story. I know that during the day, you're a software engineer working for a startup company and running courses and trainings, and you have a lot of uh, experience over the years. But I'm curious, how did you initially get interested in security and what was some of the motivation for the password storage
1: project like probably my interest in security could be traced to games you know when when we were kids we were playing games and you know we were kind of you know dying in shooters and and these kind of games and you wanted you know unlimited lives so we were just you know using different tools and, and things like that like if you change or if you flip this byte in the memory then you then you will get unlimited lives so this was kind of like computer security computer games cracking related thing so this was probably my real like initial interest in, in things it's games it's like um this was my entry to like the whole computer uh, science thing it's it's games <laughs> but of course like um, slightly later a few years later um i've discovered the internet and that was the end of everything (laughs) no it was actually the start of everything because it 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 changed a lot of things you know like this was in in the last century and and it sounds horrible already uh this was in (laughs) in the last century already and back then in in this country like uh homes uh have only or had only a like dial-up connections you know Broadband was was a rude word back then, so it was mostly dial-up, and and this was pretty expensive. So you couldn't be online like the whole day, or even like for a few hours. Like your your parents would be pretty can like, pretty mad if you would do that like every day. But uh, so universities, on the other hand, they had like you know the like net, the university networks and the academic networks it was uh already an optical fiber connections and it was really fast and and it was online 24 7 and you could do everything um, but you know you either had to be a student or you had to get a password to log into their uh to their computer lab but we were not students yet <laughs> so we somehow we <laughs> somehow managed to go into that computer lab anyway and um we had to use a password and we were somehow able to get the password from from you know from current students even before we actually were students of that university um this was mostly social engineering work you know social engineering your friends (laughs) to get you the password so that you can actually log into that uh, to the uh, to the university computers and this was really like interesting because first you know this was my first encounter with with password like you know with not passwords but uh with password stealing and identity theft and things like that even even if you actually meant it, um even if it wasn't like in a, in a good way you don't steal the identity of your friends just to do some you know bad things but you wanted to access the resources of the mm-hmm. uh, of the university and of course having an access to this kind of network like uh, you could sit there until they they were closing the lab having this access you learn a lot of things that uh, that kind of changed your life like you know irc the internet relay chat <laughs> and and of course passwords https sniffing buckets and and and, and a lot of other things and passwords sh- you know reusing passwords and and using weak passwords and everything like that so this was my probably like the main thing the main entrance to a security topic or the security field i think it was like 15 years ago a friend of mine told me a story uh, how he has hacked his roommate playstation to crack passwords <laughs> and i was like oh man he, he showed me the numbers he showed me like you know his, his roommate wasn't really happy because he came home and was like what the hell are you doing this was my playstation was like, yeah it's running linux now it's cracking passwords <laughs> And I'm I'm using a password manager since then because he showed me like uh, what the speeds are, how do you how do you crack the password back uh, you know, on, on, on a on a on a PlayStation and things like that. And I was like, Hey man, this is scary. I was like, Yeah, it is so you have to use a password manager. So I'm doing that since then and uh, um, I was really happy and I'm still happy that he actually showed me
0: how did you get into the software engineering career and is security is focusing on security, something that you have done for your entire career or are there certain jobs that you've had that kind of pushed you uh, in that direction and gave you more exposure to understanding what are the best practices for storing a password? Well,
1: I'm like, I was always a builder, you know, a software developer. I love to build stuff. Uh, I love to build sites and apps that, help to do something whatever it is um so i was um, always a software developer and um, when you are building authentication and payment systems and stuff like that um you had to kind of think about the security it's it's like uh, it's not an optional thing it's like it should be uh, like part of your work part of your job you know you build authentication so you definitely work with passwords because you know people use passwords to log into your site when you asked, um, how did I get to security? It's because I use the internet, (laughs) right? Because uh, I use the sites and I I, I give them my personal data. And if I see that they are leaking them or if they have a security vulnerability that allows uh, an access to my data, I'm kind of pissed off. So that's why I started to do trainings and talks because I could see like, hey, either the, the developers don't know how to do that or the management doesn't give them enough resources to fix it. So uh, th- this was my, like, um, like they have my data, I use the internet as well. I love the internet and like, I don't want my data to be leaking like all over the internet. So this, was, this is one of the reasons why I started doing security like uh, more and more intensively. Do you think other
0: developers are already aware of how to store passwords or is this something that We think developers should know, but as you mentioned, they might not be given the resources or Mm -hmm. have the opportunity to get that security training and actually understand the -hmm. best practices there. So the password storage project in a way of promoting the best practices is also helping developers understand the practices
1: they're following today might not be the best. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that some of the developers don't know how to store passwords correctly. Uh, they are still kind of using let's say md5 for these um, or I don't I'm, I'm I don't want to talk about plain text <laughs> at all but uh, some of them don't know uh, how to store it properly some of them do but they don't know why should they do that they are still like yeah there is this Bcrypt thing and uh, but we are fine with md5 because it's also a hashing function and there's another group they know uh, how, do, uh, how to do that correctly. They know why to do that correctly, but they are not given a resources or time to actually do that. For the people listening who might be software
0: engineers or technical listeners and don't have that background, can you give um, a little overview of some of the common ways that people store passwords incorrectly and the practices they should be following to do it the right way?
1: Mm-hmm. So, um now, maybe we should start from um, attacking the passwords or attacking the password hashes. You know, Let's start from the, from the other way. So um, if there is an attacker who has access to a database or to database dumps or database backups or something like that, uh, they might see password hashes stored there. And if they want to know or if they want to get the, the original passwords, they have to crack them. Now, they can always crack them right, they have the hashes so they can they can crack them. The only thing that's actually um, between them and the uh, the original passwords is time. Now, um, when you want to crack the password and it would take you, let's say, a thousand years. Well, uh, I wouldn't even start. (laughs) I wouldn't even mind because, you know, a thousand years, it's a pretty long time. Wow. Yeah. But on the other hand, if cracking a password would take you like second or something like that. You can do that. So the uh one of the ways how to how to protect your passwords is time. Time will help you. So um to crack the password if it would take thousands of years and you know probably you don't care, your users shouldn't care either. So let's uh let's store the passwords in a way that cracking them should take ages. Now there are different algorithms for doing that. Um, they are different. Uh, they have different speeds. So, to put it simply, if you store a password so that it can be cracked in, like, in your lifetime, <laughs> to put it this way, uh, then it's bad. If you store a password uh, and and if you want to crack it, it would take thousands of years. Then it's like a proper way how to store passwords. I'm not getting too technical right here because. Um, first i don't I'm, I'm not a cryptographer and i don't understand some of the algorithms like like, like deeply understand uh, but uh, like the slower the password is uh calculated the slower the password hash is being computed the better for the password because then it would also take ages for to um to try all the combinations and try all the possible password candidates when the password is being cracked so um you know If it's too slow, then it's fine. Uh, If it's too fast, then it's probably incorrect. (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of the
0: people out there who are not familiar with some of the things you're talking about with different hashing algorithms and things like that, you know, potentially have not had the time and opportunity to learn some of these things. And there's a lot of sites out there who are storing passwords uh, with old hashing algorithms that are very quick to compute and as you pointed out this is a fundamental security problem because if there were a data breach and these hashes were obtained by people looking to crack them and obtain the original password they could try many 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 different guesses and because the hash is very quick to compute they can try this many many billions of times per second and so the slower it is the less number they can guess per second and the uh, added security you get. Password Storage Project is a way for you to share some of the things that you've learned about these best practices. And at one point in time, you didn't know what they were. And so you taught yourself and you became educated. Exactly. And the Password Storage Project can try to help other developers who are in the same situation where they might even know, hey, I don't think we're doing things correctly, but I don't know what they are yet. And if we can get a grade and it's an F, okay.
1: It's pretty clear. We we should spend some time here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember like when I did my first talk about how we store passwords and what we have changed in the company I was working for, this was in 2014, I think, and I have launched this project in 2016. So there's like two years, uh, time gap between it was not the idea. It was just the first password disclosure mm-hmm. to uh theres there's two years to uh, to the launch and of course i have been collecting all those two years uh, i have been collecting uh, links to different disclosures because uh, some of the uh, when when i did the talk uh i think i have posted a screenshot of my own password hash to twitter and to facebook like hey we have done this this is how we store passwords right now this is my password i'm not totally not afraid to actually like post uh post post a screenshot of my password hash and some of some of my friends were like yeah this is cool and this is my password hash from our own database right they had they they also had a companies and so they posted a link uh, they posted a screenshot of of their password hashes i'm like hey this is cool so i started collecting those links and those like breadcrumbs and i I was talking to a friend i think it was in vegas uh when we were there for the b-sides conference I was talking about that I have some links and I know how some companies are storing passwords, and he was like, mm, "I think that you should publish all the information." I was like, mm, "Maybe that's a good idea," and then it took another year actually to, you know, not not to build a site, but to kind of like think about what the goal should be, why should I actually disclose, and how to, you know, package it in a in an understandable way, and actually, why should I actually do that first? Because if you publish a, a list of links, you know, how companies store passwords, it's, it's a cool thing to do, but there should be a, like, um, it's less like, useful, big, right? Like there's some more context right? you can add. Yes yeah. yes. yeah. And there should be like a, um, bigger reason why to do that. Right. Because I, I only had a, a text file on my drive, which says like links or something. like that, and there were just links to that. We have like, Links on the internet, but uh, to give a context, as you said, exactly, and to actually give it a a meaning of those links, like why should you publish and stuff like that. This took uh, like those two years to actually think it through, and to come up with the grading system and everything. And and yeah, so this this was not like a project that was like, hey, let's. I have a free weekend. What should I do now? (laughs) That's the classic (laughs) uh, engineer thing, right? Like,
0: oh, how hard could it be? I'll do it in a weekend
1: yeah yep. so so the coding part was probably the easiest one uh, it, it's just a collection of links right uh, but uh, like to think it through what's the what's the goal of the project like why should I actually do that you know that that was the hardest thing and how should I present that in a way uh, what should the results how should they be presented to a user or to anybody accessing the site that was probably the hardest part like uh, you know so that it actually fulfills the goal and seems that it's kind of working. <laughs>
0: so I assume that the the hashing algorithm is probably a key component of the, the grading system that you have for the password storage project. Can you talk a little bit about what the criteria of the, the grades that you assign to different sites are? What are the, some of the things mm-hmm. that you look at?
1: So uh, first I should probably say that uh, the, the hashing algorithm is a key component, yes, but there is another key component and it's the disclosure so um you know if you i will talk about the grading system um if you are using a um let's let's call it a password hash i mean the slow hashes that should be used to store passwords let's call them password hashes um uh, if you if you are using the slow password hash and you are very open about that let's say uh you disclose that information in in a documentation or in your privacy policy or in your frequently asked questions. You know, you're, so you are being really really open about that. Then you get the best grade, DA, because first you do that correctly and then you are very open about that. The project is also about um, about um, making the companies to uh, not hide that information, to be open about that, because if we if you know if you have a competition let's say if you are running a company you have a competition of course and the competition sees that hey you have disclosed that you use let's say this password hashing algorithm and it's the correct one you get uh you get really great grades you get you get an a then maybe the competition will be like hey decide or you are doing something correctly maybe we should do that as well because you know it's, it's the competition. And what if we would be, uh, what if our database would be breached and our password would be dumped somewhere or, or, or they would leak, that would be pretty bad because we would, the competition would be doing something, um, let's say using MD5 to uh, store passwords, let's say, but you are doing it correctly. So you can be like, <laughs> yeah, the competition is bad and stuff like that. So maybe, um, the competition your competition could see that you are doing that correctly so maybe they can fix that as well you know it's like um, if, if you have two companies doing something really similar in a similar field and one of them does things correctly and the competition does not maybe the developers will be like hey they are doing something maybe we should do it as well so that's why i also score not just the hashing algorithms used but also the disclosures So that I'm trying to force the companies to be really open about what they do. So maybe they can uh, influence their competition to do that as well. That makes
0: a lot of sense. The importance of not just getting it right, but being confident in sharing the security posture that your company does have, I think is really important and can lead to more transparency, which can lead to more trust in your service. There needs to be more of a discussion around why it's not scary to
1: share yep. your security yep. practices. Yeah, yeah. Well, I usually tell people it's really funny, like, hey, you don't need to be afraid to disclose because hey, look at Facebook, look at uh Twitter, look at GitHub, look at this major check site, look at that check site, look at this eShop, look at this e commerce site. They are they have all disclosed. And and what happened? Nothing, you know. The passwords are either stored securely or are not or, or, or are not mm-hmm. so if you disclose that uh you can only like um, promote what you do and that you, you do it correctly you can only gain more trust if you do that correctly and and mm-hmm. that, that's that's what's happening this is really interesting for me I'm sure. man i'm really surprised i didn't really expect what the project would would bring and how the companies would react and and would like i'm i'm still surprised even after a few years yeah so that, that's the difference between, uh, let's say, a. if you look at the sides, um some of them get A for using a correct password hash and being open about that. Some of them get B for using the same password hash. And I get a lot of people uh, and they ask me, like, hey, why do they have a a B grade when they use the same algorithm as the other company who gets A, for example? Uh, i have added a an an explanation to that side so uh if the company has b you can click the link and it will explain why uh but um the thing is they get a b if they are not very open about that let's say if they disclose that they use uh, a password hashing algorithm the correct one if they if they disclose that in a in a blog post for example or in a talk you know blog posts and talks will kind of fade away like really soon they will kind of like they will disappear. They are. It's not a password. Uh, sorry, it's not a uh, privacy policy. It's it's just a blog post, and you you will publish the hundreds of blog posts in a year. So you know, after two years, nobody will ab- no, nobody will be able to find it. And people will have to go out of their
0: way to know the blog yeah. post even existed, or of if it's course. in a tweet to track yes. it down. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So so it's impossible. I call it a like invisible disclosure. You disclose that, but it gets invisible in a in a few months time so if you do that uh, if you disclose that you use this algorithm in a blog post or uh, or in a talk or in a tweet uh, you cannot get a perfect grade you can only get perfect grade when you do, do it really openly and when you do it in a place that people expect you to do that right so privacy policy is a perfect for example is a perfect example your frequently asked questions is a perfect example and documentation as well so you could be using a perfect hashing algorithm or you know the, the correct one and disclose that in a talk and you will still get a b only it is it, the social pressure you were talking about yeah i couldn't agree
0: more about the public disclosure and if if companies are hesitant um and they're not convinced by some of the you know major companies in the tech industry who have already done mm-hmm. this um even some of the smaller medium companies if they're still resistant one reason could be that they understand they're not following the best practice today. And so yeah. they are looking to not promote the fact that they're not doing things correctly. And yeah. of course, the solution there, as you pointed out many times, is fix the problem. Because the real problem at the end of the day is if you have a data breach, which is becoming more and more common, it's in the news constantly, It's <laughs> security is hard. Defending your site against everything is difficult. and yeah. If someone gets into the database and they're able to access the passwords not only do you put your own users and their accounts at risk but because there's this unfortunate problem of password reuse that's rampant Mm. throughout the industry you're actually putting your users accounts on other services at risk as well so Mm. i really think Mm. companies have a responsibility to do this well and The password storage project is trying to educate them about what the best practices
1: there are. Yeah, true. Um, Well, when I'm doing my talks about password reuse and and things like that, uh, I usually say that like, hey, um, if you leak your user passwords, then because of password reuse, uh, you will make the harder for your competition, right? Because um, you have leaked the data, already happened so you only need to fix it and you know communicate it properly but you have also um you know kind of not not influence but as i said make the day harder for your competition because um, the bad guys will use your database and they will try to log into your competition site and uh, you know try to do some bad things to, to their users which might seem like hey we have kind of like made the day harder for our competition which might be a good thing you know but then i when then i usually say like but if your competition leaks database then your day is much harder as well so this is kind of like um this should be an industry effort and i have used the word competition many times but i believe there should not be a competition in like you know password storage storages or something like that because mm-hmm. this is like if you leak, if a company leaks database of a hundred thousands of passwords, then they have just made a real a huge problem for the users. And the users have accounts like everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I've used the word competition, but uh, um, I think, and I actually see that that in this like password storage field, um, there's, you know, people don't take it as a competition or something like that.
0: Yeah, we're all in it together, right? Like at the end of the day, users have accounts on multiple services and whether we like it or not, and regardless of some of the practices that we're proactively putting in place Mm. to discourage that behavior or educate users about the danger, it still is a rampant problem. And so, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I suspect there are some people listening who are starting to get an understanding of the grading system, including the public disclosure and why that's important. And you know, we've talked about creating this social pressure and what comes to mind for me is another tool that people may be familiar with. It's very well known SSL labs. Mm-hmm. And they're taking um, a similar approach of signing grades for the TLS configuration of a website. Mm-hmm. And it has become in many ways the de facto standard for system administrators um, devops people engineers who are setting up these tls systems to not only understand the best practices by getting a grade but they you they rely on this tool to help guide them over time as the practices change and ma- making sure that they maintain this a rating mm-hmm. so one of the primary differences of course is that ssl labs is able to use a lot of information that is all automatic Mm -hmm. they can look at the certificate they can um, assign these grades automatically whereas the password storage project is relying on companies to self-report data how do you see the ssl labs and password storage projects um, in terms of similarities for the the goal of assigning grades so first i have
1: to say that my grading system or you know the the fact to or the idea to incorporate the grading system was heavily inspired by SSL Labs. I love the tool because it's really simple. You know, it gives you A to F and you see like where you are. You know, meanwhile, if you would see like, hey, you are using RC4, you are using that, the key exchange you are using that, you are like, well, and so what? They they tell you like hey, it's B or it's D or it's F, so you have to fix it. So I, I love that approach so i tried to incorporate it into the uh, into the password uh storages project as well and i could see that it worked like if you tell somebody a ceo for example or a cto like hey you get f at ssl labs they're like mm, maybe we should fix it right so i tried to do something really similar and um i also uh, have a lot of people that are sending me links that they see somewhere on the internet for example bruce from passwordresearch.com he is a great guy uh, and he's collecting weird things like password related talks <laughs> and papers. And he, he sends me a lot of links like, hey, the, this company has disclosed they use this algorithm in a talk or in a blog post or something like that. They, they send me a lot of links. So um, I don't need to go through the internet myself alone and just, you know, search for the information because it's almost like impossible to find it. Um, but yeah, it, it's a manual work as you pointed out. Um, so I tried to make it, uh, I, I try to automate as much as I can, for example, the the final grade it's not something that's assigned by me i mean uh, i only enter a url the algorithm they use and if it's a blog post or a talk or 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 privacy policy and i've I've written a code that will calculate the grade for me it's not my opinion i just enter correct details like it's a talk the url and uh, the algorithm used and it will just assign a grade if i would do it manually like hey maybe i love the company maybe they should get a and maybe not b so i try to do that like in a in a verifiable way or to put it this way
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense taking the the bias out of it and using an algorithm even though companies are self-reporting and you have to take them at their word that this these are practices they're following taking bias out as much as possible automating as much as possible and using algorithm to assign a grade makes a lot of sense. Yep. Are there companies who have proactively come to you to self-report and say, Hey, you know, maybe, oh. um, we weren't doing things great in the past, or we've heard about this project
1: and we're looking to get listed. How do we go about it? Oh man. Yes, I was really surprised. And I still am when I receive an email from a random company, uh, you know, I'm not even the customer or something like that. They are like, hey, we saw this project and can you add us? I was like, oh, wow, man, it works. Yes. So there's almost every month in average a company emailing me like, hey, we have published our password storage uh, policy or the algorithm somewhere. Can you add us? I'm like, of course, just, you know, some of them are also emailing me like, hey, we do this. Can you add us? But I'm like, just publish it publicly, you know, publish it somewhere. And if you look at the site, it's it's only a collection of links. You know, there's almost like nothing else. It's, it's just a collection of links. And I want the, the companies to to really be open and publish it. And it takes quite an explaining uh, like, Hey, they are like, um, but if we publish, we will, you know, make the storage, we will make our passwords insecure and blah, blah, blah. So, um, I usually just copy and paste some, uh, connect response to that. I also have it in my uh, frequently asked questions on that side. And, um, I'm, I'm quite successful in actually uh, explaining to companies why they actually can publish the information and why they should do that. And they do that. And, and it's really like, I'm. Every single time a company emails me to include them in the list or in, in a project, I'm like, wow, that that's cool. And whenever they do that, I, I add them and I and I tweet about that and I uh, I I um, name and fame them. Right, because they deserve that. They deserve fame for being open about that and for doing that properly. So I'm um, I'm I'm really surprised that they actually do that, and I'm real happy. I honestly I didn't expect the the project to grow like beyond 10 records or something like that.
0: It's really great to see um, you know more companies take an interest in the project, and um, I love that you you phrased it as name and fame as opposed to name and shame, like really mm-hmm. promoting people for doing the correct thing. And no. because SSL Labs can do things in an automated way, I know they, they have a, a little chart and like the last recently scanned sites, the worst ones, the best ones, kind of a similar approach there. And with the password storage project, because companies are self-reporting, it's slightly different. but. Mm to reward them and say, hey, you self-reported and you're doing things the right way, we can tell that Mm -hmm. you are being proactive. It's not that someone came along and shamed you into changing, perhaps that happened um, to get them to take action in the first place, Um, it's not always clear, but rewarding them and congratulating them for making improvements and taking this seriously. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things we talked about offline, which Um, really struck a chord with me was some other creative ways that people are taking advantage of the project and the importance of disclosure. Um, You mentioned in some job postings, password storage actually played a role. Can you Mm -hmm. tell a little bit about that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is also like really a surprise for me, like that companies get really creative and they can use like such boring information you know like we store passwords like that and and this guy has uh rated our disclosure with an a uh, they can use that for their own benefit i was really like surprised uh, so it was the company i was working for uh where actually the idea about this project was born but i left the company then and uh, of, of course we have disclosed the uh we have disclosed the password uh, storage algorithm it was in a talk back then it was in, only in a talk and and i left the company and then they were like hey maybe we can do something about that so they have first they have disclosed the information on their site visibly it's somewhere in the frequently asked questions i think so i had to uh upgrade their score to a and i was really happy to do that and then uh, i realized i was just you know scanning uh, their job postings not because i wanted to join the company but because i was procrastinating of course and uh, i was just getting that and then i saw like hey they are actually linking to my site and they are like uh, the job posting said or it still says i be like uh, hey we also care about security of course everybody does care about security nowadays right but they also have that they link to a third-party sites that can actually prove that they do which is really cool. They link to SSL Labs, of course, which uh, they have, I think, a plus score. And they are like, they also link to my side. Like, hey, we also store password correctly, and this guy has actually rated our our disclosures and our uh, and our strategies, and we have an A. So probably uh, what they were thinking about, like, hey, we we will uh, kind of get like a third party view on our policies or, or, or on, our, on how we do stuff and maybe it will influence a like our future candidates that want to join the company because they could see like you know developers love to do stuff correctly right so if devs could see like hey this company is doing passwords correctly and https correctly maybe i can join them because they might be doing other things correctly they are very open about that so uh, yeah and probably it works of course i don't have the numbers if, and it's you cannot really measure that if the uh if the future candidates or if the uh if the developers who joined after the uh, job posting included the uh the ratings if they were influenced by that it's you can't measure that but um the company still has that on their side for like i don't know three or four years so i think that it might be working
0: i absolutely love that story and it would be really fascinating to get some data or even just some qualitative information about developers or applicants who looked at those job postings and whether it was influential. But I can certainly say, in my experience, if I'm considering a new role and looking at companies and one has the you know stock messaging that's, oh, we do this and that, <laughs> and we take security seriously, you know, developers rely on their own experience. and. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, in, in many cases, certainly not all, but developers can run into the situation easily where they know that uh, something's important and they're not given the resources or the time mm-hmm. to execute that. And you know, there's always business reasons, good and bad, and, and other influencers why. Um, it's not always a binary decision, but for a company in their job posting to be proactive and not just say, we take security seriously, but to link to SSL Labs, yep. to link to the password storage project, um is a very creative approach and uh, i think it shows a lot of foresight for these companies
1: yep yep Uh, i was really surprised and i was like wow this is so cool like you know they have been able to 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 use that information for their own benefit which is really cool and when companies are emailing me to uh to include them um i i or when i'm explaining companies to uh to To publish information and they're like no we shouldn't do that because blah blah so um, i always tell them like hey if you publish information you can use it creatively like this company uh that's using the information for uh for hiring developers and maybe they think about that and they're like okay maybe we can also use it in in such a creative way and then they publish it so this is really cool i was really surprised that they were able to you know use like really it's a boring information right almost like we do passwords correctly and this guy can prove that, or this guy has kind of like verified it, of course, not with the code, not with anything, but just uh, he has that listed on on, on his side. Uh, it's kind of boring information. They were able to use that for their own benefit. This is really cool. This is really cool.
0: Yeah. So I, I'm thinking about uh, some of the things you mentioned around the manual parts of the project and the parts that you try to automate as much as possible. Mm-hmm. and. I'm assuming the answer to some of the questions I'm gonna ask are, it's a side project. You know, you you have a full-time job, this is something <laughs> you're taking upon yourself to do when you have time, but is there any uh, future features or future directions you'd like to take the project where you can allow companies to self-report? You know, perhaps they can prove they control the domain and link to a site Um, Perhaps there's Mm -hmm. some natural language processing. And, of course, there's different levels of effort for all of those. But Mm -hmm. what are some thoughts for where you'd like to take the project next?
1: Uh, This would be really cool. But I think that this would require a lot of resources to my side. And probably it would require much more resources than when I'm manually adding those records. (laughs) You know, building the tool like that, uh, I would love to do that. But, uh, of course, you don't need to validate things and uh, handle error messages to users and, you know, the company's self-reporting and that. So uh, even this would be really cool, but um, I'll stick probably to manual uh, data entry for some time because um, it's it's not that bad, you know, as I, as I said, I, I would have made as much as possible. So I just uh, assign links or just uh, input links and um, the type of the disclosure and, and the algorithm there. And that's it. Um, I just hit submit and it will just calculate the score and everything. So this is not really like time consuming and I'll probably stick to manual submission for some time because I also want to verify what the company is actually saying. Sometimes they are like the copy of that or the text on the disclosure is suboptimal to put it this way for example they are like hey we encrypt passwords with this hashing function like uh, you actually don't so maybe you want to change it so uh, i'm still verifying that uh, you know what they say and try and uh, offer them let's say a better version of of the disclosure or something like that or try to tell them like hey uh also a add this information and blah blah so I would still probably spend some time, even if it would be like fully automated, I would still spend some time and manual, like uh, confirm the submission or something like that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't probably save me a lot of time, <laughs> but it would be really cool. Yeah. Perhaps in
0: the future, if the project grows uh, to the scale of SSL labs, some, oh. uh, you know, changes from uh, a side project to something different or yeah. who knows where, where it could go, but it would be very exciting to see more companies start to understand what these best practices are and be comfortable with this public disclosure especially yeah. once they understand a lot of the arguments you're putting forward about the benefits that they c- yeah. could yeah. get from that
1: when, when i when i launched the project i launched the project in 2016 in las vegas at b-sides conference or b-sides slash passwords conference uh well i i think it was uh right the next day a company who was probably present at the talk uh, has disclosed they use uh bcrypt algorithm for storing passwords. And I think that they even emailed me to include it. It's like, who? it's the next day after the talk when I launched the project. And this company, uh, I think it was a certification authority, someone, something uh they, they they emailed me and they were like hey can you can you add us i'm like who, oh, man this is interesting like it's the next day after the talk i didn't expect anyone to care about the project because it is interesting of course but uh, why should they do that why should I disclose that and they did it and i'm like oh my god this is really cool some of the companies uh, i was talking about name and fame uh but some of the companies there they also uh i i also use name and shame to kind of push the companies to fix their uh password storages because if you have a company and you forget a password right and they email you back the same password it means that they either store the passwords in a plain text because they have access to the password so they can email you back the same password after you forget it uh, or they encrypt the passwords which from my point of view is kind of similar because they still have access to the original password so um when I see the company like that, I also include them and I score them F because they either use plain text or uh, just encrypt uh, the password. What about the situation where they,
0: they might actually be following best practice on the storage side and using a strong hashing algorithm that's appropriately slow mm-hmm. like bcrypt or argon and they are taking the password from when I create my account and sending an email and then forgetting the password. So like there's all these weird edge cases where that's still not a good practice yeah, because now I the agree. password's yes. sitting in an email and it's in plain text. And um, is that something you're considering uh, including in the scope of password project or are you really focused on the storage component?
1: So with this part of the project, I wanna focus really on the uh, like storage part or oh, storage part of the passwords used for authentication i could also include like uh, you know do you email me the password yes or no or do you accept special characters in your password something like that but i want to keep the uh, the side and this project real like simple and understandable i may include a different part uh, in the future sometime like you know to grow the project from uh, password is rating to password policies rating or password uh, strategies rating and i might add a like simple flag do you also email me a password yes or no but i would really have to keep this part of the project like the storage part really focused on the storage i know that there's many many things that can go wrong with passwords like you know as you mentioned you will email me the password after i sign up even if you store bcrypt or uh, even if you use bcrypt or argon2 but from my from my experience, if the company is storing the password correctly, you know, using Argon2b, or, or Scrypt or PBKDF2, uh, they are already so enlightened, to put it this way, to not evaluate you your password any single time. But uh, of course, you are totally right that emailing your password uh, after uh, registration is considered bad practice. But I would really love to keep the side or keep the, keep the rating as simple as possible right now.
0: Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I mean, as you pointed out, there's, there's no limit to the number of things that you could address when it comes to password. The scope is quite large. So focusing just on the storage part, that alone is leaves ample opportunity for some really interesting um, ways for the project to continue to grow. <laughs> you know, the yeah. rating system that we've talked about, um, including the technical components of storing the passwords correctly, and also the public disclosure components. Um, over time, the technical components are going to change mm-hmm. as pa- as computers become faster, and you know hashing algorithms are deprecated or new ones are introduced. What are some strategies you have for keeping up with defining the best practices in your grading algorithm? And are there any changes to the grading system that you're anticipating
1: in the short term? So, uh, for the changes. Um... Right now, the 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 scoring system or the rating uh, rating guide doesn't say anything about a parameter. So let's say you have a Bcrypt, which is a recommended pass hashing algorithm, but Bcrypt has a setting called cost. It defines the speed of the algorithm, right? So uh, theoretically, you could downgrade Bcrypt to, uh, let's say, MD5 speeds. It's still much better but uh, you know if you would use a cost of three or four or five it's still too fast but you are using b crypt so I want to change the uh, first step I want to change the, uh, the rating the rating system to also take into account if you are or if the company is publishing also the setting of the algorithm right now if you uh, use if you say you use bcrypt and you put it into your privacy policy you will get a I want to change it that if you don't specify the parameters of the algorithm, you can't get a this is this would be my first step to actually you know again push the companies to disclose and to be open about the parameters and the next step after that would be uh, if your parameters are not good enough, you cannot get a either so for example, if you would be using B crypt with cost five uh, today you should be using ten or even more maybe uh, if uh, If you are using let's say bcrypt cost 5 you cannot get a because this is not how you are supposed to do that today this would be my next step and of course uh, if uh, there would be like new algorithms being introduced for password hashing then um, of course i would add them uh, to the list of uh, good and recommended password algorithms so that if you use them you can still get a yeah
0: and, and as these things change over time password storage is a helpful resource for people to see if their grade has changed. Mm-hmm. Maybe they had an A in the past and three, four or five years goes by and something changes mm-hmm. in the security landscape mm-hmm. and now they have a C or well, like, oh, well we have a C now, this doesn't seem right. Let me go and they can understand w- what the new grading system is
1: and yep. what the yep. best practices are currently. What I also recommend companies, or what I tell the companies, it's cool if you, disclose what hashing algorithm you use, and if you disclose it properly and openly, but you can also use the, the project or the rating guide to kind of like uh, self-rate, to put it this way. You just look at the the, at the grades and you just go, hey, do we use Bcrypt? No, do we do this? No, do we do that? No, uh, blah, blah. So maybe we would get a D, right? Or, or E or F or something like that. And if you kind of self-rate your password storage and you see it's bad, it's C, D, E, F, and stuff like that, and grades like that. If you see it's bad, you can fix it, and you can tell your developers to fix it. You can just, you know, rehash passwords or just make it more secure, and you can disclose then after you fix it. So this is what I tell the companies: like, um, it's it's pretty cool. It's totally cool. If you don't disclose now that you are not doing that correctly, just fix it. You have a you have a rating guide here. It's 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 open. Uh, I'm being open about the rating system you can like self-rate your what you do. And if you do that, if you don't like the the final grade, fix it and then just disclose.
0: So we've talked a little bit about the similarities and comparisons between the password storage project that you're working on and SSL labs. And there are a lot of other tools out there that are providing a similar service of Uh, grading and implementation or guiding people on best practices. And some that come to mind, I know the Mozilla Observatory Project is providing grades to people for um, different security practices within their websites. Scott Helm runs a service securityheaders.io, and that looks at the uh, headers in a page. Um, What do you see as the the role for Mm -hmm. some of these projects that um, are all, you know, trying to boil down security best practices to something that's a tangible takeaway of, are we doing a good job? Are we doing a bad job? Do you think there's some overlap between the projects, maybe Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. future, an opportunity to create like a meta tool that takes grades from all of these different ones and presents them in certain ways? Do you have any thoughts on the, the kind of ecosystem of tools here?
1: Like there's one common thing between um, like for all these tools and that's the grading system. They all, I think, score, you know, they give you a really understandable result, A to F. So you see where you are. And I love Mozilla Observatory because um, they also have a tab called third party tools. So they also like give you a result from SSLabs, security headers and some other some other scanners. So you could see like, you know, in one place, how are you doing? And it would be really cool to have a password storage there one day. <laughs> it would be awesome. But of course, the thing is, uh, it could be included only for companies that have disclosed how they do passwords. And there is still, I think, like I have right now, like 120, maybe, 120 uh, sites disclosing how they do passwords. So it's not really, you know, it's really tiny part of the Internet that's disclosing how they do passwords. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would love to have an API access to the site one day so, and have maybe a, a browser extension so that you could see like, hey, I'm on this site, they do bcrypt, for example. So um, yeah, it's, it's a cool site, so um, I can trust them with my password or something like that. Uh, but uh, again, uh, like the majority, the vast majority of sites don't disclose
0: yeah it definitely makes sense uh and the value of an api increasing once the data set is bigger one of the things that pops into my mind for mozilla observatory is before the data set of password storage project gets big enough to to have a lot of value there Mm -hmm. it would be interesting if there was some kind of integration where the password storage project you know you have this algorithm that's um taking in a couple of answers to questions and Mm -hmm. assigning a grade and if a developer is going out and utilizing these tools like Mozilla observatory um, to get a grade on their website, then maybe there's an opportunity to include like a little wizard and say, Mm. Hey, this is a third party tool and you need to self report. You haven't done that yet, but answer these three questions and you can self grade about the best practices for storing your password. Mm. And perhaps then there's some motivation for them to self report, follow those best practices and, Add themselves to
1: the password storage project mm. that would be pretty neat now you got me thinking thanks man <laughs> yeah there's there's no yeah, shortage be, of yep, ways to yep. take the project <laughs> yep yeah that's cool yeah yeah that would be cool like um self-reporting wizard yeah yeah i'll think about that thanks definitely uh, you know hsts preload.org right the mm-hmm, site sure. where you can so uh you just enter url it will check like few things and it will enqueue your site to be added manually to the uh, to the hsts preload list in the browser source mm-hmm. so um, i like the idea about the wizard and maybe it can work in a similar way it can ask you a few questions like hey uh, what's the url of the disclosure is it a blog post or is it a privacy policy or something like that and what is the algorithm you use uh, they could first um, see the grade that would be assigned. Mm-hmm. And then it would enqueue it for the manual submission from my side. That's a really cool idea. That's really cool. That's really
0: cool. I like that. I like that. Tools like this that, that gather data and help developers understand the landscape, how they compare, are they following best practices, mm. they're, they're just really useful. I mean, mm. a blog post yeah. explaining a best practice is very useful as well, but yeah. these tools that can provide a letter grade and aggregate information quickly are, are really tangible.
1: Uh, I have written an article about how to rehash your passwords. Right, if you use MD5 or show one you want to switch to bcrypt. Uh, you probably want to do that uh, like uh, as a one-off job, rehash passwords. And I've written an article about it. And I have had companies, uh, I have had a few companies, to email me that they have actually used that article to rehash their password. That's have because it has a code as well so uh they can use that and they don't need to from my experience like there is a group of developers they're like yeah we should do that definitely we should do that but oh it's hard it's a hard uh, it's a it's a hard problem for us we don't know how to do that we would need half a day to think it through and think about all these things like how to do that and how. Not. so but if you publish an article they are like hey you can do this but it has this disadvantage you can do that you can do this but probably you want to follow this this step and those companies were emailing me like hey we have actually done this so we have followed the article and thanks very much for that and by the way we disclose uh, how we store passwords right now yes and i think i think i actually have a link to that uh, article somewhere in the in the frequently asked questions as well so that uh companies can use that and uh yeah what really helped is uh, i'm looking at the site right now what really helped is uh like if you get a b or c or d or something like that uh and you click the y link it will explain you in a sentence or two, like why it's that, uh, why is it a B and why it's not an A, and mm-hmm. it will recommend you a change as well. So that, uh, the, you know, it's like uh, I'm looking at Atlassian right now. They have a B rating uh, because I think that they have disclosed that in a, in a blog post. So mm-hmm. when I click a Y, B, it says slow hashing function is used, but such info is invisible, hidden in a blog post or a talk or on social media recommended change is publish the info visibly and this is a different for for every grade so um, if there is a let's say company with f it will tell them like hey you need to hash passwords with the slow hashing function and there is a link to a list of those functions and and yeah this kind of helped because uh, uh, the the flow of questions like why do they have b and not a has stopped which is really cool
0: <laughs> yeah and as a side project i mean yeah. that's that's really great too you know you're you're trying to help people but you have a full-time job
1: so there's only so much bandwidth yeah yeah true so yeah i'm, I'm again i'm really surprised like uh uh that the project has been successful in its own way uh like that people are contributing and the companies um like the biggest surprise for me is that the companies are actually disclosing how they just how they store passwords right this is really cool and that they are actually making uh the storage more secure and this is like oh yeah this is the goal of the uh, of the project are there
0: companies from like a specific industry or are they like a wide variety of companies
1: uh it's like wide variety it's mostly oh, i don't want to say mostly but it's quite often a company that knows me from my talks or trainings, something like that, and because I do quite a lot of talks in in, in Czech Republic, like um, ten to fifteen or to twenty talks a year about security and passwords, and and I'm kind of active on Twitter and Facebook, so they they know me, like what I do and what's my goal and, and stuff like that. So it's often those companies uh, emailing me to include them, and yeah, what I would love to do is to bring the project into more international audience because most sites I have are Czech sites because I'm based in Czech Republic. So uh, the people who follow me are mostly based in here as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Sure, it makes sense.
1: Uh, So I have mostly like definitely majority of sites are check sites, which is not a bad bad thing uh, as such, but I would love more international sites as well. And I hope that this podcast, this episode will will help it a bit as well. So thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah,
0: absolutely. So Michal, in, in wrapping up here, one of the things I like to ask guests is when they are trying to summarize in their own words, how they're moving the ball forward for usable security and privacy, Um, How would you summarize that for the password
1: storage project? Well, um, you know, I love the internet. I use the internet and I also uh, register to sites and I use those sites and they have my data as well. They have my passwords and I hate when they leaked it. If they leaked it in a really easily crackable way, I hate it even more. So what I'm trying to do is to show them how to store passwords correctly, why, and that uh, they can easily check, uh, for example, their competition, if they are doing it correctly. And they can also easily like, self-grade or self-rate their own password storages. And I'm trying to do that really in a simple way, you know, A to F system, so they can see and they can present, for example, the developers can present to, can go to a meeting with their management and tell them like, hey, we have, we are using show one, for example, this guy would rate us F or something like that. So it's really bad, we should do something with that. And the management should be like, okay, that's bad. Here you have two days to fix it or something like that. So I'm trying to make it really simple. Um, I'm trying to be like the authority for, Password storage rating. <laughs> Put it this way, uh, so and then to uh, so that people can really understand it easily, and in a, I'm trying to present it in a usable way, so that it's understandable to everybody, not just you know to hackers or to password crackers or to to security people, but just to to anybody, to a regular user. It's certainly a worthy
0: goal. Uh, the project is incredibly interesting. If people are just learning about the project for the first time, or even if they are familiar but haven't yet reported, what is the best way for them to um, take the information about sites that they're working on and get it into the password storage project?
1: So um, probably easiest way is to tweet at me or email me. Uh, and uh, I can just include them. I think I have a I have an answer in my frequently asked questions list what you should do, and I think it says just email me. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we'll definitely include in the show notes
0: the okay, uh, cool. link to the FAQ, your Twitter, and other places where people should go to uh, report to the password storage project. And if people yeah, are cool. interested in learning more, um, about it, we'll include the link to the password storage website. And if people are interested cool. in learning more about you, uh, is there a way that they can get in touch via social media or
1: email? Oh, yeah, Twitter or email. Uh, I will not spell my Twitter handle because <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty complicated. It should, it should be Space Force, but it's written kind of in elite speak. Well, uh, the listeners will probably see that uh, in your notes uh, when when you publish the episode. Or my site, michalspacek.com. Or just email me. That's totally fine. I use my Twitter. I use Twitter quite uh, like every day, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a heavy Twitter user, so that should be also fine.
0: Fantastic. Well, we'll definitely include all that in the show notes. So thank you, Nicole Thanks so much for taking the time to come on as a guest today. This was a great conversation. Oh, thanks for having me. This was fun. <laughs> thank you. You can find the show notes for today's episode by heading to slash podcast If you enjoyed listening to this conversation and you'd like to support the show, I would really appreciate a rating or a review in iTunes. I personally read all of the reviews over there, and they really help others to discover the show. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for the next new episode
1: in two weeks.